Welcome to Making Conversation, a podcast where we celebrate making in all its forms, from amazing stories of inspiring makers and people to behind the scene peaks of building a startup in the tech and craft industry. I'm your host, Ashley Owsling. I started this podcast way back in 2014 in the laundry room closet of my San Francisco studio apartment. At the time, I was working full-time leading product to tech companies, and while fulfilling, I was always looking for a way to connect with makers and creatives outside of my tech life. I've always loved stories and could easily sit for hours listening to others share their creative journeys. That is where this podcast all began, a way to storytell, a way to come together and connect with others just like ourselves. The podcast aired regular weekly episodes for a few years until I became a mom of two. Still working in tech, I found it nearly impossible to keep up, and the podcast went on hiatus. Over the past few years, it's been an intention to relaunch the podcast in a consistent weekly format to bring back the stories and some fresh new content. So here we are, back and better than ever. We've made a lot of changes to making over the past year, and Carrie, my co-founder, and I thought it might be fun to sit down and share a bit more about these changes, our lives, and what's to come for making. So grab your project or go on a walk with us as we dive in. Carrie and I have been feeling like we want to connect with makers through the podcast on a more regular basis. So consider this your 2022 update, not quite mid-year, but there's been a lot of changes at making. Really, for a few years now, we thought it might be fun to take you a little bit behind the scenes, give you a little bit of a peek into big decisions that we've made this year around making, which encompasses a lot, encompasses the magazine, the app, and the future direction of making. So let's go back to January. January was, feels like, I don't know, a couple years ago already. A lot has happened. I think this year there's been a few themes. I think the biggest word probably is change and pretty much everything in my life personally has changed and a lot's changed also work-wise with making. Also another theme word is simplify. And so I think these words, these themes have been coming up consistently. So just a lot of personal stuff started changing for me and we kind of became aware that our home where we thought we would probably spend maybe not our entire lives, but at least the next 10 years with our kids, you know, my oldest is Imogen's 11 and Sigrid's seven. And um, we've lived in Maine. We lived in that house for six years and we just, there was a piece of our soul there. Um, But it just became clear that it was not a place that we were meant to stay. So we made this bold decision to think about where else, where next, where would we go? And at first it wasn't quite obvious. I think I was trying to come anywhere but Boise for some reason, but um, we toyed with the Northern Maine, we toyed with, um, you know, Portland, Oregon or Seattle, but then at the heart of it, I felt like for myself and also for making, it made so much sense for our family to move to Boise, to live near Ashley and David, my amazing, super fantastic business partners here for making. And there was just like this need as this business is changing so much for us to be close together, um, support each other personally and professionally, and just like 
Our, when we're together, our shared energy is so magical. We come up with all kinds of crazy schemes and plans, and it felt like the business needed that magical energy. So all year long, so it's August now, um, I just arrived in Boise a couple weeks ago, been working towards this massive shift, and it was incredibly emotional roller coaster. Um, but we're here now settling in and it's all that I knew it would be. So it's pretty exciting and I feel like so glad I listened to my inner voice that said, it's time for a change. You know, Carrie and I are more than just business partners. We are definitely best friends. And I don't think that's very odd necessarily for business partners, but I definitely think it adds a level of complexity too, because we look at everything, every decision that we make on a personal level too, like what's best for each other. And David and I have three little boys, Coltrane, Jude, and Amos, and last January, so 2021, we made the decision, not even imagining this would ever happen, to leave our home, which was our farm. Um also in Idaho, but like right on the border of Canada. And we thought we'd end up in Seattle, which is where we're both from originally. And kind of through just different cosmic reasons ended up in Boise too, which again, we <laughs> totally did not expect, but have kind of fallen in love with it here and been here for about a year. So when Carrie told me <laughs> that she was moving here, I think I don't know. There was just a whole range of emotions. It was like, really? Here? Like, you want to move here? But also almost not even wanting to get my hopes up. I don't think we ever really planned on living close together. We've operated separately for a long time. The whole time. And it never felt bad that way. It never felt off. It was absolutely the way it was meant to be. But the calling grew stronger and stronger, I guess. The universe wanted us to join together. And so here we are. I definitely think the pandemic played a role in it a little bit, maybe subconsciously. You know, we used to get together three, four times a year and spend kind of a, at least a month. Mm-hmm, big chunk of time together. And having to be separate and not see each other for almost two years, it was really, I think it made that separation just all the more apparent. And we're moving into a phase of making as it's growing in same ways, new ways that being together makes a lot more sense. And I think you really picked up on that a lot sooner than I did. Because when you said you were going to move, I was like, oh, okay. I think we can, you don't have to, like, that's a big, that's a big deal. And it has been, it's been a big deal moving. I mean, yeah, it's no easy operation. And it was just like, you know, sharing with the kids, sharing. And I also traveled here with my my mom, I take care of my mom who's older. And so it's not just me anymore moving cross country like in my 20s back in the day. This was, uh, you know, and also my husband who has a very physical recording studio back in Maine. So it was, it was a lot, a lot to, um, to kind of harness, but we all thoroughly enjoying being here. So I, it just like back in January, I could kind of tap into that feeling. And I just kept following that feeling, that feeling of being here, feeling like comforted by being together and just the 
beautiful energy that happens when we when we are sharing space and that's really what kept me so focused and determined to get here and now I'm so glad I listened it just really um, is reaffirming I think for me at least one of the key lessons of the last couple of years has been it's not really about the physical space that you're occupying it's really about the energy or the magic that comes from following your calling and in this case us being together it just opens up a more regular, more consistent like way for us to connect on a level that making really needs. And I, I would say this started in many ways the kind of snowball effect of all the other changes that we made at making this year. Many of them were a long time coming. We A lot of the changes we've made this year, we've been talking about actually for years. Okay, you're moving what are the other things that we should be thinking about? Right, yeah. And I think the next thing was the warehouse. We've had a warehouse in Maine uh, since the beginning. And we've shipped our, all the magazines to subscribers and stockists. And it's a well-oiled machine. There was really no reason to shut it down. Even It was going to continue to go on even without you there because that's how we had kind of built it anyways. But... At some point that spring, this past spring, this year, we realized the whole simplify part of things Mm -hmm. that the warehouse needed to go under some scrutiny from us. And I think it was more about untethering ourselves from just the worry or operation. Yeah, I think there was a weight or I think we did sort of an energy audit, just looking at the aspects of our business that felt heavy and definitely that warehouse felt like... What if it wasn't there? You know, just begged us to ask that question. Like, what would that look like if we went back to that idea of a fulfillment center and really simplified where we put our energy? You know, it it was working in so many ways, um, but did we need to always be putting energy into that? And it's felt like a huge release, actually, to have everything um, cleaned up from there. And But it was actually pretty emotional for both of us. I cried. I, I did think too. Ashley cried, which sounds silly, but like it was, I don't know, sort of a core part of the business for like, I felt this pride in being able to ship all of our products and pour love and energy, not only into the making of the actual product, but also in like the shipping and the care. And, you know, we were both concerned that that would get lost, but honestly, I don't think it will. And we actually found, I mean, this is kind of the magical part about it. A year prior, we had found a fulfillment center, like in the same part of Portland, Maine, even though we kind of had toyed with it a year earlier when we finally made the decision, they care so much. They're not some big, mm-hmm. massive corporation that making gets lost in. It really. Yeah, they're still small. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really made me laugh because that time when we were actually, you know, we were texting back and forth and having Zoom calls about whether or not to shut the warehouse down. I'm in the middle of a call and I look in my driveway and a truck pulls in from this company, the company that we had been talking to, literally pulled into my driveway. And (laughs) okay, that is a literal sign that we're meant to go in this direction. So, um, you know, it was just confirmation, just one more little bit of um, confirmation that was the right direction for us. So So we went for it. Yeah. And it was less painful than I think we thought in terms of shutting down. But I will say... Big shout out to Cecily, who mm-hmm. 
really is the mother of making in so many ways. She is. And she made that pretty painless for us. Um, Thank you, Cecily. So that really began to open the conversation about what was next for Making Magazine. You know, we have Making App, which has a very clear roadmap and future ahead of us, but we didn't feel like Making Magazine was supposed to go away. There's kind of this question, like, what is the next evolution of Making Magazine? And we were struggling a bit because we both realized that every product needs to innovate it needs to grow and change. And not just because the landscape changes or the industry or the culture and makers change, because they all do and they all have. The pandemic has clearly shown us that. But really ourselves. I mean, we had kind of got to this point where we weren't feeling creatively fulfilled in the way that we had in the earlier years. And that's really okay in business. But for us, it wasn't. For us, we felt like our heart really needed to be in everything that we do. And while it still was in Making Magazine, it wasn't fulfilling us. And we weren't able to express kind of the changes in our own lives and creativity and kind of our creative spirit in the way that we had before. And so we started to explore what does that mean? And I think we looked at a lot of different directions. And we definitely very much explored and thought and mapped out what if we did this you know what if making kind of shifted in this way or this way or this way and ultimately we settled on what is now bright collective which we just launched a few weeks ago which Mm -hmm. is super exciting so exciting so bright collective is a digital experience that we're creating it's a beautiful way for our community to connect in a different way the magazine You know, as beautiful as print is, there were limitations and we, part of that was working a year ahead of time. You know, we were always working so far out and so we just weren't able to respond quickly to, to whatever's happening in the world. I kind of felt like this, this feeling of like wanting freedom, wanting some more freedom, kind of wanting to take us out of this like system that we created this beautiful magazine, very streamlined, but, um, you know, there's a inner artist in both Ashley and I, that, you know, wasn't getting the care that that we deserved. And I know personally, creativity for me, it's it's just like another way for me to take care of myself. It's it's kind of not negotiable. It's kind of another, you know, like water, good food. Um, and for me, creativity is definitely um, on that list. So um, nature as well is another thing. But So Bright Collective is a place for us to really express from our heart and soul, share what moves us, share what inspires us. And it's an incredible way for us to be able to connect with you on a monthly basis. I think that is really going to change a lot. That cadence is going to be so beautiful that we can share together and learn together and grow together in that way. Immerse yourself in crafting culture. Making is a first-of-its-kind social marketplace app for makers, crafters, and artists where you can track projects, post to the feed, discover new makers, 
take classes, and so much more. The Marketplace will launch this fall, 2022, and is an opportunity for sellers to increase their discoverability and audience, generate revenue, and build a community. Making also just launched Bright Collective, a crafty content experience delivered monthly to your inbox and the making app. Think patterns, recipes, special discounts, monthly member events, and more. We have a special 10% discount on Bright Collective yearly memberships for podcast listeners. Use discount code MAKINGCONVO10 during checkout. To download the app, join the community, and become a Bright Collective member, visit makingco.com today. One of the things that we really picked up on was that we ourselves are faced with like decision tax all the time, which is kind of this like new phrase that we've been talking a lot about lately and you know, when you were shipping an issue twice a year with all these projects, all these things, but you're also exposed to all these other amazing projects. And what do I work on next as a maker? And what do I consume? And what do I make decisions about where I spend my money or what projects I pick up and work on for, you know, all these dedicated hours that we all work on projects. And we found that ourselves, we weren't making as much Uh, from the magazines that we had very little time to make and that while we loved everything there was just a lot of decision making involved there has been a shift with makers over the last few years 2019 was our biggest year and we had this amazing kind of path before us and 2020 hit and I don't think we noticed it at first there was this other thing happening outside of us that was just happened to be coinciding with this decision of wanting to feel a shift ourselves that really we felt like, okay, we need to make a decision here. It was obvious that makers were moving in different directions. They were looking for content in different ways. Our shift to digital was more than just logistical. It really was about, okay, we need something different to move us to want to create and to make and to be fulfilled. What are makers feeling right now? We've always been really lucky that we are immersed in the community and we talk to makers and people in the industry. And now with the app, we're talking to makers constantly all day long. And we're noticing that their needs have shifted. Like the majority of makers were looking for something that was more accessible and not just in a way of like a digital format. I mean, that definitely is part of it because overseas has become more and more expensive to buy and ship with taxes and and shipping costs, but also be able to feel like getting monthly little pieces, little nuggets of like awesome content, as opposed to just twice a year, you know, you can get something each month that is brings so much value that isn't fully centered around a project. Bright Collective is a monthly membership. It consists of a monthly e-zine that we send out that is very much in the spirit of making magazine. It's so beautiful. I don't know, working on it has made me like so excited about mm-hmm. what we're doing again. And we have a project that really we can show in multiple ways that has so much beauty and flexibility in the different materials that you can use in the way you can personalize these different craft projects. And then we have recipes, which something that I think is so valuable. Like if I don't have time to cast on or sew a new project, I'm, I'm cooking all the time, you know? And so there's, I, I need, 
inspiration in the kitchen. And so being able to bring that as a part of Bright Collective and then bringing value in the way of hearing people's stories. So we have essay in each issue and then a photo essay. Harry and I have always done the photography for making nature. The beauty of being outside really has always influenced every part of making. We felt like we wanted to share a bit of that in just the way of photos. So that's the monthly easing that you get when you become a member. And then there's also this other side of it, which I think we'll see grow a lot more over the next year in terms of our offering. But to start, it's uh, a monthly meetup slash live podcast Q&A with someone amazing every month. Um, And that's an exclusive experience just to members. There's a class exclusive to members as well, something that builds upon the skills that we're sharing in the projects month to month or something unique that makers have said they want to see, which is another part of Bright Collective is really giving members a sense of belonging and ownership of, you know, as we kick this off uh, in a couple days, actually, we'll release our first content and schedule of events. We'll also be sending members a survey and and asking them and, and talking with them about like, what kind of classes do you guys want? What guests would you love to see? And that kind of thing. And so really giving them kind of some curation uh, ownership in that way as well. When Carrie and I sat down and really started to figure out like, okay, what is this experience? It really came from this question, this idea. When you wake up in the morning and you receive your monthly content from Bright Collective, what is the feeling that you want when you get that? What is the What is going to motivate you, inspire you to wake up and plan your weekend around something that you want to make or hop on a class or participate in one of these events or make one of these recipes? Like, what is this feeling? What is going to inspire us? So that is really how we're looking at every single month and thinking about the future with events, you know, something that we're planning to do, some sort of in-person event that members have access to and being able to come together in person and in community and really celebrate what it means to find joy in making. Yeah, I love that. I'm excited for that. We have a lot of dreaming to do on that on that event. I look forward to it. I think a lot of us kind of need that and, you know, creativity and, you know, making brings harmony into our world that brings beauty into our world and peace. And we all need that right now as things are so crazy in the world right now. And I think having an in-person event will just help bring us together and remind us of why we love to make, why we love to stay connected with each other. And yeah, there's really so much to look forward to when we connect together and it'll be so much fun. Let's have some fun. Let's remember to have joy and remember that making is fun. I think that's something that is easy to lose sight of when it's your work, but we're constantly trying to remember that. And actually we were in the desert a week ago, week and a half ago, kind of making a list of all the things that bring us joy and half of them were around making. So we're here for it and can't wait to share more with you each month. I think that monthly reminder that there's other people like us, you know, and by us, I mean like the collective us that find joy in similar things and ultimately the joy of making something with their hands. So the other really important thing that I wanted to mention was that Bright Collective directly supports the building of making app. Um, If you're not on the app yet, I highly recommend that you download it. 
Uh, it's in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. And it's just the beginning. It's just a little baby right now. In a year, six months, two years from now, it's going to just grow so much and change so much in positive, amazing ways. But it really is such an amazing place. And we launched that at the beginning of this year. We are just about to launch the marketplace um, this coming month. And we've made really conscious decisions about how we take investment and how we build making app and a tech company, which takes a lot of energy, both in the way of money and people's energy. And we felt that it's really important to generate as much of that self-funding as possible. And so Bright Collective is this amazing opportunity for makers to not only have this beautiful experience each month, but also to directly contribute to the building of making app. And I think as community-centered as the act of making is, we're here making an app for makers. And it's so important for us to stay true to our mission of bringing value and a place created just for makers, giving them opportunity and a space that hasn't ever existed before beyond you know certain niches in, in crafting. And so I think it's important to involve people in that process. And that's something that we share a lot in the town halls, in the IG lives, in upcoming podcasts, is really giving people a view into all that we're doing and all that we're building and getting to be a part of it in more than just, you know, an observatory way, like getting to actually become a member of Bright Collective in this community and knowing that it's helping fund the building of making app and all that we're doing there. And then also contributing to building a community in even a greater way. So if you haven't had a chance to get to know our team or learn more about what we're doing, I highly recommend you listen to future podcast episodes coming up, which we'll be releasing on a more regular basis and more story-based podcast episodes like we've done in the past, which is my favorite part. And go visit us on Instagram and watch some of our past and upcoming IG lives. Talk to us. Like, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. We're so excited about what we're building. We're excited because every day we talk to makers and we hear what they're looking for and what they're wanting. While it might not be for everyone, it might not hit for everyone what they're looking for. There's a whole group of people that have been underserved for so long in the way of having an app just for them or having content that inspires them on a regular basis that doesn't overwhelm them, that feels approachable and accessible in so many ways. And we're really excited to be a part of that. We definitely don't see it as us, like me and you. We really see it as coming from the heart of what making is. And that is a collaboration between us, our team, and the community. Absolutely. At the heart of it, there's so much love and so much joy. We just can't wait to be there with you. So come, come join us. We're so grateful for our Bright Collective supporters and wanted to give a shout out to two of them today. 
Quilt Chic is a modern fabric boutique specializing in quilting cotton notions and supplies. They actively support women, BIPOC, and LGBTQIA designers. Visit their online shop at quiltchic.com and find their beautiful physical store in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Fine Fettle Fibers is a small, independent shop obsessed with all things woolly. From their delightful shop in the beautiful village of Felton, Northumberland, they source and sell some of the most loveliest yarns in natural fibers from the British Isles and beyond, teach workshops, and host a knitting group. Visit their online shop at finefettlesfibers.uk and their local shop in Felton. The biggest of thanks to everyone involved in this week's episode. I hope you'll join me each week as we talk and learn from more fascinating makers. For podcast notes and transcriptions, visit our blog at makingzine.com. Have a wonderful week. Mm-hmm.